Well, the problem in America is that we outspend every other developed nation by two and a half times, but it's all treating illness. So once people have a disease, then they get treatment. If we would just take at least half of that and focus on making people well or keeping them well, we would prevent that disease. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I speak with fascinating changemakers from all over the world who will inspire you to live with zest. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. And my new tagline is discovering your sweet spot, both because I love a good tennis reference and because this show is all about growing into ourselves as we age. To find out more about the podcast, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. While you're there, sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get behind the scenes looks at our guests and other fun and quirky tidbits. And if you love the podcast, I'd be grateful if you shared it with your friends. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker, who was a previous guest on the show. Find out more about Judy and all of her her musical goings on at judybanker.com. And as always, our technical director is Stephen Litweiler. Well, today we're going to talk about something that is super important for all of our listeners, and that is how menopausal symptoms are often diagnosed. And here with me today is Dr. Bruce Dorr. He's an OBGYN who is one of the foremost experts in menopause in the country. He's recently been quoted in Forbes, Insider, Healthline, and all those kind of uh, upper crust journals. And he discusses why menopause symptoms are often misdiagnosed and what needs to change. Dr. Dorr specializes in hormone replacement and optimization therapy, and he's the senior medical advisor for BioT, which is a leading innovator in precision and preventive care. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Nicole, Christina. Um, everybody has told me that I needed a psychotherapist for years. So I just <laughs> now you feel, got one. I know I got one. Uh, I'm just so yeah. lucky. <laughs> well, I'm off the clock right now. Oh, but, uh, darn it. But I say that my therapy training uh, does uh, stand me in good stead because um you know, as a podcast interviewer, you have to use a lot of the same skills oh, yeah. uh, as a good therapist. And in fact, I wrote a book about that because I've been a psychotherapist for 30 years. And my hope is that our interview is going to be, you know, uh, deeper than sort of sound bites. That's that's the uh, goal. And, um, and, and I'm sure it'll be really interesting to people listening. So, First of all, I'm really curious as an OBGYN, when you started realizing that menopausal symptoms were uh, being misdiagnosed, what did you notice? Well, um, I'm actually uh, board subspecialized in urogynecology. Uh, the technical term for it is called female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgery. It's the fourth um, uh, boarded subspecialty of OBGYN. And I would have so many women come into me for incontinence, 
um, and vaginal issues, but they had so many other things that were going on that it was really menopause and hormone deprivation that they had seen a cardiologist, an endocrinologist. Um, and by chance, they came into me and I ended up helping them in so many other areas rather than just their bladder. And it was the bladder. That's really yes. fascinating. So they're coming in saying I've been incontinence and they've gone to these different doctors and you're saying, wait a minute, I, I'm starting to connect the dots here. Exactly. You know, they've been through um, cardiology evaluations for um, palpitations and um, uh, heart concerns. And they've been to uh, psychologists or psychiatrists for anxiety and panic disorder. Uh, I, you know, I, they've gone to um, other specialties to talk about their joint pain. Um, and then they hit me with their incontinence and I say, do you have these other things going on? And they're like, yeah, I've been to four specialists, you know, how, how can you help me? And I'm like, okay, I'm one stop shopping. I can help you with all of that. <laughs> That's that must be a huge relief. Oh, yes. You know, because all these other specialists say there's nothing wrong with you. Because when they focus in only on their little spot in the world, yeah. they're not looking at this bigger picture for this patient or for my patients. And I look at this whole thing going on um, and trying to get to the root cause that solves many of their uh, uh, concerns. Could you describe for the layperson how hormones and hormones being sort of whacked out would produce all of these kind of different system problems? Sure, sure. Well, um, what happens is when you look at, you know, the main hormones that we're talking about um, is the loss of androgens, specifically testosterone, and for women, much more acutely around menopause, which average age is 51, they lose their estrogen. There's 400 different receptors for these hormones all throughout your body, in your heart, uh, in your skin, wow. in your hair, in your brain. And as you lose those, or as you have fluctuations, sometimes good, sometimes not, it affects you body-wide. And everybody- Sure. The hair loss, yes. skin craping, all right. this kind of stuff. Right. I can't make people 18 again by <laughs> replacing, but can you help and live healthier? Um, yes, uh, with hormones or replacing the, the hormones that we lose or are in a fluctuating state like that. I see. It's really interesting because a lot of the scientific uh, information is much more out there, you know, now with the internet, but it sounds like still people uh, are not appreciating what the loss of estrogen, uh, the impact of that is. Sure. Um, and everybody's got their own little take on the world. You know, I mean, if you're coming uh, to this from a you know, uh, say a uh, exercise uh, point of view. Everybody's all about exercise. If you're a nutritionist, it's all mm -hmm. going to be about nutrition. And those are very important things. Don't get me wrong. But if you're coming from um, a, a, a subspecialty point of view, which is how fragmented our medical yep. system is, they're yes. only looking with blinders on to everything that can be going on with the patient 
And that takes time to review and look at that, that our medical system is based off of five and 10 minute office visits. Yeah. So you're not getting a holistic treatment, particularly in our country. Is that fair to say? Well, the problem in America is that we outspend every other developed nation by two and a half times, but it's all treating illness. So once people have a disease, then they get treatment. If we would just take at least half of that and focus on making people well or keeping them well, we would mm -hmm. prevent that disease. And so, so you're talking about prevention focused rather yeah. than pathology focused. Exactly, exactly. And part of that prevention is, okay, as we lose these hormones, what do we do? Well, yeah, I go to the drive-thru at McDonald's and I get him a McFlurry, you know, or <laughs> I don't feel good enough to exercise or I don't sleep well enough to really continue, mm. you know, the healthy things uh, in, in my life or in women's lives. I see. So before we get to hormone replacement, what are the kinds of things women uh, who are having menopausal symptoms can do to uh, have some positive impact? Well, certainly, uh, you know, it, it's a lot about, so there's, there's many things that um, are in our makeup. There is this certainly nutritional piece, there is a relational piece, there is a genetic piece, and this hormonal piece. So finding balance in all of these areas is very important. So certainly being cognitive of our exercise, of our nutrition is very important and that rides out the waves when our bodies are not being very nice to us as we lose our hormones uh, or we have fluctuations in those hormones. Mm -hmm. And when you say exercise and nutrition, you know, people interpret that in very different ways. Are there specific things that you tell your patients that they should be aiming for? Well, you know, the, the new key word is that, uh, you know, uh, being sedate or sitting on the couch is the new diabetes. So mm. we've got to stay active and that mm -hmm. helps, you know, with our minds, with our bodies and everything like that. And unfortunately, um, what is sad, and when I say sad, that's called the standard American diet. It's, <laughs> it's, it's based off of, you know, carbs. It's based off of um, kind of uh, empty nutrition. So it, it is more difficult and not as easy to make a salad and do fruits and vegetables and things like that. But that's what was meant to come into our bodies. And, and these easy carbs, these easy meals, these processed foods, mm -hmm. um, they're hurting us. And it mm -hmm. definitely hurts our hormones also. I see. I, I, I guess I didn't make the link between crappy diet and, and hormone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Those okay. are the precursors where we manufacture our hormones from. So we need these healthy things in our diets um, or we get them through supplements or I help people replace them. So it's the building blocks. It is. It is. I see. That's fascinating. Then we could have a whole conversation about the microbiome, which oh, yes. um, I'm sure is related as well. So generally, would you say whole foods, bright colors, kind of, is that your general message? Is there anything oh, yes. more specific? Those are yeah. antioxidants, uh, yeah. you know, that help us with these 
things, whether or not these are toxins or uh, problems, uh, you know, with our foods and artificial sweeteners and things like that. So mm -hmm. those help us fight and balance and keep our bodies from reacting in an inflammatory manner mm -hmm. that affect us, you know, kind of overall body wide um, and make hormone replacement and um, supplementation a little bit easier. And that's nice. another kind of uh, tripod that I do. It's not just hormones, but it's about addressing diet lifestyle issues and certainly uh, supplements uh, that can help us in, in the face of problems with nutrition supplements, anything in particular? Well, as we look at healthy, um, say, estrogen metabolism, uh, we um, uh, recommend it's called DIM or diindoil methane uh, for our patients. Uh, that is basically a, a compound that you find in cruciferous vegetables. So mm -hmm. kale, broccoli, cauliflower, those kind of things. But it promotes um, and it's like getting a 10 cup equivalent in one tablet. And so mm -hmm. that uh, takes our processing of our estrogen specifically, but also our testosterone down a healthy anti uh, metabolite or an antioxidant um, pathway. Uh, and so um, vitamin D is also a great thing. Uh, vitamin Bs. Some of us um, inherit a problem in how we metabolize and activate the vitamin B, whether or not that's B2, riboflavin, B6, folic acid, B12 um, is um, cobalamin. Uh, these all, if you don't have the right genetics, you can't um, activate your B vitamins from your diet and that helps our serotonin levels, which mm -hmm. helps our mood and our brain. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. helps B12 power the mitochondria, the powerhouses oh. in all of our cells I um, see. to be more active and energetic. So it's a bottom up kind of. It is. It is. I see. It That's all reminds You're reminding me to take my vitamin D because although I'm outside hiking a lot i live in upstate new york where we don't see the sun for six months oh my goodness so, and you yep, get a lot yep. of snow oh yes we do <laughs> that is for sure okay so Hi, everyone. You may have noticed that Zestful Aging Podcast does not run a lot of ads. That's because I'm just not willing to endorse products that I don't have total confidence in and that I don't use myself. So it really means something when I tell you that after I interviewed Dr. Bill Rawls on cellular health, read his books and learned about his high standards for quality control, I was sold. I placed an order for Vital Plant Supplements immediately. I encourage you to check out both of my interviews with Dr. Bill Rawls and hop on over to vitalplan.com. If you enter Zestful 15, they will give you a 15% off of your first order. I'm really excited for you to try these products. I think you'll be very impressed. Now, back to the show. How do your patients respond to these um, recommendations to clean up their diet, to be feeding their microbiome, their mitochondria? How, how do you find the compliance with this? Well, you know, it, it 
everybody's a little bit different. And so I have people coming into me who are just like, just give me my hormones. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I want, I, I, I just want something easy. And unfortunately, that's kind of how we are um, in America is that everybody mm -hmm. wants a pill or a quick fix and they don't yep. want to change their diet or their lifestyle. Yep. I have other people that are very highly motivated to not be on pharmaceuticals. So I kind of get all takers um, but I, I am, you know, MD, I am in the allopathic world that I see both of that. And the beauty of what I do and balance people and, and, and put in estrogen and testosterone and kind of go over that kind of line is that they feel better and then they're much more likely to then be better about their diet and their exercise. I see. So I, I can see. come about it a couple different ways. I see. So you have to be a bit of a salesperson in well, a way. And <laughs> well, it's not not necessarily sell, salesy, but it's it's reading. Will this patient, you know, be more responsive to which therapy? What strikes in them mm -hmm. this motivation to change to be able to help them? And, I see and so, to read them. Um, it, it, everybody comes about that uh, differently. So one of the things that I do is I work uh, with a lot of eating disorder people, and um, I'm curious what I'm seeing and what's uh, out there in the literature is people who are in the menopausal kind of phase are starting to revert to old behaviors if they had an eating disorder as a teenager or they're experiencing some, you know, some of the social changes, the stresses, the empty nest, and all of this. Are you seeing patients who come in who you're suspecting have eating disorders? Um, well, probably number one that I see, and unfortunately this is, you know, a state of America, is more weight gain and problems that happen as we lose our hormones, as our thyroids aren't functioning as well. Um, and food tends to be a good compensation for when you're feeling bad. So weight gain is probably what I see much more of. But yes, mm -hmm. when you don't feel good um, or say, yes, just like you were saying, you know, the empty nest when you lose or say your relationships are changing or potentially, you know, souring, you know, I see many of my patients in that kind of 50 range that well, their husband left them or mm. they've had deaths of their parents or things like that going on. So all of these social issues, unfortunately, hit right around the time for many yeah. women in menopause. And so, yes, can that, you know, revert to other issues or behaviors? Um, yes. And certainly eating disorders. I, I, I do see uh, women that, that do start ha struggling with that because of their weight gain and their hormone loss. Um, they gain weight. And so then they kind of go to that opposite side of severe calorie restriction. Mm -hmm. And yes, mm -hmm. it does take them back to times when maybe that was uh, a forefront in their, uh, in their lives. So I know that there's a sort of controversy about sort of this middle weight gain. And I know also, of course, that, you know, women are saying if you do enough cardio or you do keto or you do this or that, you can get your body back, so to speak. Is that a realistic goal or is part of this acceptance that biology is doing its thing and we're going to look different? 
Yeah, um, you know, my problem is um, I'm not going down quietly. So uh, I, uh, you know, firmly believe that, you know, to try and stay as, as healthy and exercise uh, and I want to live as healthy as I possibly can. And then oh, maybe hopefully you have a bus hit me at 90 or 95. Is, right. <laughs> my mom. Healthy, just, healthy, healthy, right, dead. Right, right. So uh, unfortunately, I just lost my mom a month and a half ago. Um, mm. She was just a month shy of 101. So I see the writing on the wall is that, okay, I may be going for a while here. Mm. So, you know, to live as healthy and to take care of what I have going on uh, makes a big difference. Um, So I don't necessarily accept that that this is the way it's going to be, that we're going to gain weight or we necessarily need to slow down. When we look at hormone loss specifically, everything that either hurts us or kills us is accelerated. Uh, I'm going to go on the women front, but I also see men. Uh, But um, when when we lose our hormones. Um, And so when women go through menopause, they go from a cardiovascular risk, meaning incidence of a heart attack or a stroke from one in seven to one in three. Mm-hmm. They double, almost triple the risk of osteoporosis and mm-hmm. or dementia. Um, and we start seeing increased risks of breast cancer as you lose some of these protective hormones that way too. So those are the things that really rob us of our quality of life. Yeah, the symptoms drive many people to come see me as far as hot flushes and night sweats and insomnia and like I talked about earlier, incontinence. Um, but... Long term, um, if I get their hormones right or better, um, and that comes in many different ways, shapes, and forms, um, I can prevent them from having early Alzheimer's disease or an osteoporotic fracture or an early heart attack or stroke. I see. So it's it's a whole system oh, is yeah. what you're addressing with the hormones. As a psychotherapist of 30 years with a specialty in food and eating issues, I know that holidays can be a real challenge when it comes to eating and food. Food and family visits are often a very tricky combination. So if you'd like to learn how to have a more peaceful relationship with food, both during the holidays and the rest of the year, check out my web course, The Wisdom of Mindful Eating. This course is super practical and user-friendly, and it has the power to change your life. You'll find the course on the ZestfulAging.com website. Now back to the show. So do you want to talk a little bit now about hormone replacement and how you decide what's most appropriate for your patients? Sure. So, you know, obviously in an ideal world, uh, you know, to um, like I talked about earlier, you know, low inflammatory foods in our diet, you know, getting up off that couch and exercise, Mm. uh, making sure that we're doing the right things, uh, like I talked about with vitamins and things like that. Um, But when we look at hormone loss or hormone deprivation, you know, um, 
uh, okay, I'm, I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers. Uh, so um, there are a lot of women, 1.3 million women every year are now entering menopause and this, um, this state of hormone loss. Mm-hmm. And the negative thing that happens in America, it's against federal law to patent and to profit off of what is native to the human body. So they didn't want one pharmaceutical company to have the rights on insulin or Mm. epinephrine or estrogen or thyroid or testosterone. So the pharmaceutical companies, to get around that, they modify the hormones that were meant to be inside us. Mm -hmm. And, And one of the patents, uh, you know, to get around that uh, law was on Premarin. Um, So it was basically 30 different horse urine estrogens, very successful and probably the number one drug ever and studied uh, is the deal. But none of those um, estrogens were meant to be inside women. So it it, um, uh, initially they found out as women started taking this, this was, um, you know, uh, uh, developed in 1942. um, When women just took this alone, they started realizing, and it was after about 20 or 30 years, well, you just give women estrogen alone, they get uterine cancer. And so in the 1970s, they figured out, okay, we've got to give women um, not just estrogen, but estrogen's counter hormone to prevent uterine cancer, give them progesterone. Well, again, they didn't want to do the same stuff that was meant to be in women's bodies. So they made it a birth control pill type of um, progesterone um, and that the body sees it. It says, "Mm, this is kind of like it, but it's kind of not. And so women that took that combination um, doubled the risk of heart attack, stroke, and breast cancer uh, when they looked at them. Oh, my goodness. But when you put the same stuff back inside you, bioidentical, so 17-beta-estradiol and and, and, uh, bioidentical progesterone, there's no increased risk of those things uh, that go on. It's just a matter of how you give it and how much you're giving for those individual patients. So mm-hmm. that's the negative thing is the um, synthetics or um, non-bioidenticals that people put in their bodies that can increase these risks. And gave it a bad reputation. And gave it a bad reputation, yes. So unfortunately, the general medical community, they lump all um, estrogen and all progesterone into the same category as Premarin, horse urine, estrogen, uh, or these other um, non-bioidenticals, and they react very differently in all of our bodies. Same thing goes with testosterone. They modify it so they have something uniquely patentable, and it's cheaper, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a little bit uh, easier to get in our bodies, but once it gets in our bodies, you can have very negative reactions to these things is the problem. I see. I see. Um, I... I was just, uh, I just heard a story um, on NPR yesterday, the day before about people um, starting to ask if uh, employers should be more aware and more sensitive to women going through menopause. Right. And what are your thoughts about that? Well, uh, you know, when we look at women and like I was saying, you know, that whole 1.4, you know, uh, women going into um, menopause, that's about 20% of the workforce. That's about 27 million women as you look at that. And they're kind of suffering in silence because 
many women, um, they don't mention how bad some of these symptoms are. Now, you have women who go into menopause and 20% of them, they feel great. They're not feeling anything. But on the other end, 20% of women have very severe symptoms enough that it's affecting them and their daily jobs. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, when you look at almost 90% of women are not comfortable in mentioning how much this is affecting their work and their work lives. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so it's a matter of getting that out there that this is a very legitimate concern that employers should recognize and, and be able to help uh, you know, um, make decisions or certainly, you know, there's always controversy as far as healthcare and providing healthcare benefits and things like that going on. That's a whole nother, uh, you know, half hour <laughs> segment for you. But um, yeah, it's, it's a matter of being supportive of these people that are going through a big change in their mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ideas about what might be an effective um a program or, or or some kind of initiatives that would help women through this time uh, as they're working. Well, I think you know to have an understand an understanding uh, and wonderful person like yourself to get the word out there to mm -hmm. say, um, hey, you know, menopause is not this thing to be taken lightly or joked about. There's so many jokes about hot flushes and calling them power surges and things like that that go on. But it's a very real problem that many women are hesitant to bring up because it's this it's this stigma of aging or mm -hmm. that they're different maybe in a in a sexual manner or things like that going on that we need to get this out there that it's okay to bring up that 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 there's these symptoms that are going on and it's a, it's affecting my relationships it's affecting uh my work um and that there are treatments and legitimate legitimate treatments that are not um, going to endanger them or increase their risk of breast cancer and can improve their quality of life uh, and address these concerns that, you know, people and the medical community that maybe are just going off of these studies that don't understand that there are better options and treatments for them. Um, so, so just getting the word out there that it's okay to talk about this and it, there are great therapies to be able to help them through it. Do you have the sense when patients come to you with these kind of uh, life interrupting symptoms that they're feeling a sense of shame about that? Well, I, I think that they have many people, luckily, you know, women talk, uh, you know, I'll have people, you know, I'll have one woman from a bunco group or a book club or something like that. And then, <laughs> and then I see you the, get all her yeah, buddies. <laughs> like, oh, this guy, he sat down and he talked about many things. And he just, he wasn't just pushing a bunch of hormones at me. He talked about many different things um, and many different options. And, you know, 90% of the people uh, that I see do great with the uh, BioT therapy that I do, um, but I'm not a one-trick pony. I, I can kind of do it all. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, um, I have many people that are very hesitant. Um, and then once I sit down and say, no, these are very valid concerns. And not only is it limiting your quality of life now, it can ultimately either hurt you or kill you if we don't address some of these things. Mm -hmm. It must be satisfying to be able to offer these kind of um benefits to women who've been really sounds like 
Many of whom are suffering in silence. I love my job. I, I used to deliver babies. I have mm. delivered probably, I, I don't know, thousands is the deal that way too. Uh, but now, um, you know, it's, it's just as rewarding to me to give women and men their lives back, whether or not that's mm. their sexual lives, uh, their relationships, their zest for life, uh, their <laughs> energy, uh, that all comes uh, with, um, with, with what I do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does sound very satisfying. Um, uh, Bruce Dorr, where can people find out more about your work and uh, your the products that you uh, endorse? Where, where can people find out more about you? Well, um, you know, through uh, BioT, and that's BioT.com, B-I-O, uh, capital T, capital E.com. And, and you'll okay. see what goes on uh, for that. Um, and many of the uh, providers uh, that do that are, are trained in many different areas, but it's mm-hmm. a... Um, a, uh, a promotion uh, uh, and marketing company that uh, helps um, get people to providers who know more about menopause. And I see. like I said, I'm not a one-trick pony with um, you know pellets, although pellet therapy is their primary emphasis. But it is kind of looking at thyroid. It's looking at nutraceuticals. It's it's a um, kind of multifaceted aspect that can help uh, people um, with hormone loss, and that can be at any age. Hmm. So it's BioT, B-I-O, capital T, capital E dot com. And they can read about some of the products that you're endorsing. And it sounds like a much more holistic look at what is happening when hormones are in flux. Exactly. That's wonderful. Thanks so much for explaining that. Uh, to us. I, I didn't know a lot of, uh, of the sort of the big picture yes. parts of it. And um, I think our listeners will really benefit from that. Thanks so much for talking to me today. Oh my goodness. It's been a sincere pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the 
clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.